So, hello and welcome to another episode of Engagement Zone. Um, really strong start to, to the podcast uh, at the beginning of 2020, uh, likely due to the fact that our, our gala dinner uh, at announcement of our UK and European award winners is on the 23rd of January. And we've got so many amazing people uh, to talk to about the work they're doing, the people across businesses, big and small, and just industry to different sectors. Um, so that's on the 23rd of January. Following that, we have our conference on April the 1st in London at the Oval, uh, where actually our guest's colleague will be speaking at, at the conference uh, with about 15 other speakers, all talking about different elements of engagement and, and, and the workplace. So please, Berg, book your tickets at the uh, website ee-awards.com. So to our guest today, uh, Max Barnard uh, from Harrods. Um, Harrods are a finalist in the employer brand category at next, week, next week's awards. And uh, having had a quick read of the entry and, and now the judges have made their decisions, it's an incredible story. I'm really happy that it's going to be at the conference. And with, with Max's permission, we're also writing it up for our website. So hello, Max. Hi there, Matt. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? How's, how's, how's New Year started for you? Yeah, really good, really good. Uh, we, we, we're super busy, um, so we're kind of in the, the second phase now of uh, rolling out our employee experience strategy. Um, lots going on uh, now that sales finished as well, so uh, retail's been very, very busy too. And uh, yeah, it never stops at Harrods, so uh, yeah, all going well. Yeah, I was just thinking actually, Christmas must be the busiest time of the year, so is there, is there ever a lull in the year for you guys? <laughs> Christmas is is the peak, as you'd expect. Um, I was talking to uh, one of our really iconic sort of green men, so the the, the gentleman who stand outside the doors, um, you know, in their uniforms, uh, welcoming in customers, uh, and he said the Boxing Day was one of the busiest he'd ever seen. Uh, and then the sale runs, you know, most of the way through January. So, yeah, we see a real peak uh, at that stage. But um, when you consider that Christmas World opens, I think, in around July time or August time, um, we just get so many people through the doors. Uh, and Harrods is, I believe, it's the second or third most popular tourist attraction uh, in London now. So uh, you've got Buckingham Palace, and then I think it's a toss-up between us and Big Ben. It's really... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Wow, I've ne- never would never have guessed that. Wow. Um, for those who don't know, uh, listening from around the world, uh, Harrods is probably one. Of, well, it's the third most popular tourist attraction in London for starters, but it's one of the most iconic uh, department stores uh, in in the world. I'm, I'm probably correct in saying that, aren't I, Max? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, Harrods is very much, um, you know, it's a, it's a luxury retailer. So we have some of the best brands and most well-known uh, iconic brands from all over the world. Um, but we also have, um, you know, a number of restaurants and, uh, you know, a super famous gift shop. And effectively, anything that you might want to buy, you, you can buy that in Harrods. And, um, yeah, it's very much kind of top end and luxury. And, um, you know, we really, really put our customers first and try to create an experience for our customers um, that they won't forget. So, to me, this is why this is incredibly exciting what we're about to talk about. Having s- such a powerful, historic, well-known brand to the outside world, you've entered and have been selected as a finalist for the employer brand, and that must have been no mean feat to, to, to take that on uh, with the, the brand you have on the outside to, to, to replicate that. So, are you able to take us through the journey of what, 
has become uniquely you together, Harrods, please. Yeah, absolutely. No, of course I can. Um, you know, you're, you're absolutely right. So the I think the, the, the challenge and the excitement of the project, uh, you know, what attracted me to Harrods in the first place, and um, you know, being you know working with uh, an organisation that has such a global presence, and I think such a um, you know, it's sort of a, a set piece in people's mind for what you expect there um, is a really, really interesting proposition. Um, so Harrods have a really clear purpose. Um, so it's the art of the possible. So, you know, we're always striving to go beyond our customers' aspirations. Um, and we want to create, you know, moments that last in people's memories forever. Those magic moments that you have, you know, as a customer. Um, whenever you speak to somebody about their first memory of Harrods, uh, and now I work at Harrods, a lot of people come to me to tell me these things. It's always when they were a child, you know, so they talk about going to Christmas World or, you know, the first time they, you know, they got a teddy bear or something like that. And this is really kind of our, our purpose. It's our flame is to is, is to be these uh, masters of luxury, experts of exceptional and creators of magic. And this is very great from a um, uh, from a customer uh, experience. So, so that idea of, you know, what is the purpose? What is it that Harrods gives you? But for our people, what we wanted to do was actually sort of say, look, you know, how is it that you play your part? You know, how is it that you become a master of luxury or a creator of magic? And from a retail perspective, some of the time that's quite straightforward, you know, because you work within that industry, you know, within that market. But, you know, if you're driving a lorry uh, or you're working in health and safety, getting a real understanding of how you can achieve that purpose, you know, there's a challenge that goes with that. So we wanted to create, um, you know, a, a sort of an identity where people had uh, a real idea of, you know, what, what the values are, how they play their part, what the behaviors are, but also as well, this idea of, um, you know, a people promise. What is it that you get back from the business? Um, you know, and how is it that we can treat you in a way um, that you'd want to be treated so you'd live the behaviors, which allows us as a business to create that amazing customer experience. So, so, so. Once you've done that, what what came next then? So, in the first instance, we're really keen to you know get under the skin of um, you know what is it that our people think of working at Harrods, and what we're doing is we're dealing with a lot of legacy stuff. So, people kind of have a perception that you know you might need to be a type of person to work for Harrods. Um, you know, there's a lot of things out in the market about uh, you know who we are as a business, and because we work in luxury. I think there's this perception that, you know, you need to fit a certain group. And I was probably guilty as anyone, actually. When I came into the business, I think I was expecting everybody to be, you know, very fashionable, uh, super well-dressed. And actually, you go into the business yeah. and you just realize these are really, really talented people, but they're normal people. They're great, but they're not, you know, um, you know trying to sort of... Uh, live up to this expectation of kind of luxury. So we have this perception of being a certain type of person. I was just saying I'm guilty of that too, actually, although it's on a podcast. Um, I was putting my hand up, but you obviously can't see that. But I've definitely, I think I was guilty of having that perception too. So, uh, you know, you're right there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and look, you know, it's, it's not just us, you know, a lot of businesses have this challenge and I think this is where the, the beauty of kind of your people promise or employer brand comes in is that you need to 
understand what your people really think of your business, you know, and then project that externally, because it's very easy to make a decision about, oh, you know, this is what our brand is, and then go to market. And then people kind of continue to see what they think rather than the reality of it. So, you know, we want to challenge that perception. Um, we want to also sort of break that cycle that people think it's a really traditional place to work. You know, Harrods is an old business, um, but actually it's super modern in terms of what we do. And we wanted to also get a kind of an idea of, you know, what is it that we stand for as an employer? You know, we know what we do for our customers, but, you know, what, what are we as an employer? And, and what came out of our research, and we did a lot of it, was kind of some core brand truths. Um, in the first instance, that Harrods absolutely is open to all, as long as people have got, you know, the right attitude and the passion for what they do. Uh, people are really forward-thinking, creative, innovative. We're full of modernizers. Um, and actually, uh, our managers really care about those people. So you kind of have these three brand truths that kind of really sang out to us. And Harrods had had uh, a bit of a, a brand identity beforehand, which was, uh, which was B. Harrods. Um, and this was, you know, quite well embedded into the business. But from the research we, we did, we were finding that there was a lot of clashes. So, um, you know, B. Harrods very much sounds like, well, you come into the building and we want you to, to, to be Harrods. We're going to project onto you what we want you to be. And I think that a lot of people had uh, a misunderstanding, actually, of what Harrods wanted them to be so perhaps they were doing um you know trying to be something that they weren't they weren't really being true to themselves so what we kind of did was flip it on the head and actually say you know off the back of the research that we've done our, our business is full of incredible people you know the one of the most diverse businesses that i've ever worked in and what makes our business so strong is the uniqueness of those people so what, what sort of came out of that was that concept of uniquely you together harrods um, where, you know, we are, we are still this, you know, wonderful brand defined by our British heritage, um, you know, that, that is trying to deliver the art of the possible for our people. But actually, it's the people that work for the business with all of their quirks and uniqueness and their uh, innovative approach to things and the way that they challenge us that makes the business great. So that idea of, you know, what makes you as an employee different makes us as an employer exceptional. Fantastic. So two questions, really. One looking a bit back over what you've said and one looking forward. Um, you mentioned research. I suppose people listening in would probably be quite keen to know, you know what, what kind of research and how you went about that. And then the second part is now you've, you know, you've got Uniquely You Together Harrods and you've done the research. How has it been embraced and how yeah, employee brands are only successful when the people take them, take them in and connect with them and then and project them, I suppose. So how did you go about getting the research in and how have, how have your people embraced it? What have they done with it? Absolutely. So from a research perspective and, you know, for anybody looking at doing this type of project, you know, one of my kind of top tips would be really, really invest in that research stage. So um, we kind of did it uh, at three different levels. So in the first instance, we did some one-to-one -one interviews with our leadership team, which is a really, really important part of the research to understand, you know, the direction of travel in the business um, and, uh, you know, where the leadership sit with that. We did roundtables from all over the company. Um, so, you know, from our, our studio, which was in Bermondsey at the time, to our airports, uh, distribution center in Thatcham, uh, you know, all of our support functions as well. You know, sitting down in groups and talking through in detail 
you know, what, what does it mean to work for this business? What does it mean to you? What do you like? What don't you like? What are the problems that you're finding at the moment? And, you know, we got some really great headlines that came out of that. Um, and then the, the sort of the third element as well was to do uh, either more one-to-one or one-to-two interviews uh, with people from different levels in the business, so with specialists. Um, and what you start to see is when you layer that up is you start to get consistent trends coming through. So I think we probably spoke to around 200 people um, you know, maybe a few more. And when you consider our workforce is about 5,000, that's a really, really good uh, proportion of people that we engage with to kind of understand what it meant to work for the business. Um, you know, where is their emotional connection? And also where is the clash with what they're seeing at the moment? Um, so then in terms of how do we get it to, uh, to land and what our next steps are, um, when we did our launch, um, we were really keen to focus on the stories. Uh, of the individuals. So um, we wanted to find a group of individuals who uh, were really relatable and who were living our values and, and, and really were um, embracing that concept of uniquely you together Harrods as, as a people promise. Uh, and we launched, um, you know, with them telling their stories. And I think for the first time, people started to see, actually, you know, the people that I'm seeing on the stage, they're not you know, leadership, they're normal people like me and you. And the things that they're talking about are actually things that are really important to me. And I'm not having to change who I am as a person in order to do that. So, you know, the behaviors, the values, it's actually just living your life in the way that you do already, but we're giving them more of a framework so they can actually relate the work they do back to that kind of that value set. Um, and then since then, you know, as you say, Matt, you know, it's, it, it, it's how do you how do you get it to live? Um, you know, I've, I've seen a lot of businesses kind of you know go out with um, you know EVP or people promises or, or value or, or however it's termed, and it very quickly becomes a poster on a wall. So people see the artwork, and very quickly it kind of loses that impetus. Um, so we've done a number of different things uh, and are continuing to do that um, by actually having kind of a really, really strong uh, employee experience strategy. So we're looking at a number of different strands. You know, how do we embed, uh, you know, the work that we've done into our organizational culture? So kind of all of your HR piece, how we onboard, how we recruit, the way that we train people, uh, management development. Uh, that side of things, uh, looking at reward and recognition as well. How do we create a culture where people say thank you? You know, it's not just about the big ticket stuff. Um, really understanding our people in terms of their personal and professional moments that matter. Um, so that's candidate experience and employee experience as well. And, and kind of creating moments for people. Um, you know, to give an example, one of the things that, um, you know, I'd really like to look at, um, you know, going forward is how are we celebrating people's one year, three year and five year um, you know, anniversaries with the business rather than, you know, 10, 20, 25. Because um, a lot of our workforce are young, you know, the thought of them, you know, being here in 10, 15 years would be great, but, you know, a lot of them might not be. Uh, and then that final pillar is around freedom of opinion. So, you know, how do we actually listen to our people? How do we give them the platform um, to be able to uh, say what's on their mind, challenge our business processes. And so we're doing that with a voice forum. Um, we've got a number of employee networks now, including LGBTQ+, uh, and mental health. Um, and, and kind of central to this is this idea of, you know, creating human, you know, human interactions. So between leaders and managers and co-workers, um, you know, we want to kind of create stronger and more meaningful people connections to kind of drive the business outcome. 
Um, so, I mean, it, the, the list is almost exhaustive, uh, you know, what we've kind of already done within 12 months, um, you know, looking at address code, removing visible hierarchy, uh, developing flexible working. And I could kind of continue to list what we've done, you know, for, for quite a long time. But I think that the, the core thing for me is how do we bring our leadership on board with this? You know, they need to be leading from the front um, and, and actually the support that we've had uh, you know, from our senior leadership team has been fantastic. So they are living the values and talking about that people promise. Um, but also as well, making sure that the language that we're using um, as kind of employee experience specialists uh, is accessible and it's not scary. So we've gone to our, our, our leaders um, and we've said, look, you know, here are nine things that you could do in your teams to embed the values and to embed the people promise. And all teams are different. We understand that. Everyone has, you know, a slightly different culture within the team they work in. So they've got the power to make the decisions about the things that they want to do within this framework that we've given them. Um, so, yeah, that, that it's, it's for me, it's the constant um, reinforcement of what the people promise is, what the values are, but making sure that it's accessible. And then when people see messaging about it, there's strong leadership behind it and they understand that it's coming, you know, from the top and it's accepted by everyone and it's the correct direction of travel rather than just being an HR initiative. Um, just out of interest, um, talking about the leadership there and the, the, the nine things, have you uh, produced any stories of, of those people within the leadership team? Because obviously you're saying they're relatable, they're living the values People can relate, you know, they could, they're not changing who they are. Have you actually produced any stories of, with, with regards to the leadership team? You know, one of the things that came up, actually, was when we did the launch, um, you know, I, I was down in Thatcham, which is our distribution centre. Uh, and, um, you know, they are, because of the nature of where they are, there's a slight disconnect, uh, you know, with the business. And we showed them, you know, we did this beautiful film, all this lovely employer branding work. And, you know, we asked for, you know, for feedback afterwards. And the first question was, you know, well, what's this got to do with us? We're not in the film. We're not in any of the, you know, the, the collateral. Um, you know, who, who are these people in the store to kind of tell us, you know, you know what to do? And, you know, we, there were perfectly valid reasons for why um, Thatcham weren't in the film. Um, but we asked them, we said, look, you know, what, what is it that you want? You know, how can we make this better? And they said, well, we want our own heroes. We want our own people to represent the values. Um, and then by working through with the leadership town, team down there, you know, it's what they came up with was peer-to-peer -peer recognition. So they set up kind of a recognition scheme um, where people could nominate their peers in line with the values. And off the back of that, we got, um, you know, a new suite of uh, artwork because we took some lovely photos with the individuals being nominated. This artwork got put all over the business. And, you know, Thatcham did recognition really, really well in the past, um, but this was, well, actually, how do we make the recognitions value-based and then how do we attach it to the rest of the business? And, you know, so what we, were, we weren't asking them to do something new. It was just, well, we've given you a framework now. Let's link it to the values and then how do we kind of amplify that? And I think through their own kind of work and by speaking to their teams, they were able to come up with a really simple, hard-hitting um, project that's had great results and is going to have its own legacy. Um, just out of interest, have you come across psychological safety? Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and it's very much kind of central to, um, you know, the, the theme of our people promise, you know, for us, you know, we really, really are promoting this idea of people being 
uh, comfortable being themselves. So psychological safety is very much at the center of what we're doing. And, um, you know, what we're actually asking our leaders to do uh, as well with this is kind of, um, you know, take on this mantle of uh, it all starts with me showing vulnerability themselves, um, you know, and, and, and what's important to them inside and outside work, how they look into the values. So actually people are now seeing leaders as people who are just like them. So rather than being, um, you know, suits that are uh, unattainable, we're trying to flatten that hierarchy. Leaders are showing themselves as themselves, which we then hope sort of goes down and people have got that ability to be, you know, psychologically safe. Fantastic. No, because um, I, I heard it in what you were saying and I wondered if you knew of it. Um, and uh, it's, it's, it's central to what we do um, as all we're trying to achieve is a create, create a world of work that, creating workplaces that are psychologically safe um because i think if we get there then a lot of a lot of wrongs be made made right um without question and you know one of the things that we did really early doors was actually have a look at what our dress code was and the concept being, you know, dress for your day. Now, you know, not everyone in a business can wear whatever they want whenever they want because, you know, there's uniforms, like if you're working in the kitchen, for example. But we said to our people, look, you know, we trust you to make the right decisions. And, you know, we want you to be um, comfortable, uh, you know, dressing in a way that you think is appropriate. And, you know, it's such a small thing in a lot of businesses, but for ours, it was a real shift. And you're starting to see people suddenly feel more comfortable as themselves because of that simple decision of being able to choose what it is that they're wearing. Fantastic. Look, well, as I say, you know, your colleague is going to be speaking at the conference. We're writing up the story. We could definitely talk for hours on this. It's, it's, it's fascinating and it's incredibly well done by and executed by, by yourself and your team. I wish you the very best of luck next week at, at the awards uh, gala dinner. Um, and I, I suppose one of the other elements that came out of this from, for me anyway is that it reinforces the fact that what we're doing is a journey. Where, wherever we're doing it, it's a journey. And you might leave that journey and go to go start another journey somewhere else, but it never stops. You've got to continuously refresh it and, and ask people's opinion and advice and feedback. And I just think congratulations to yourself and, and good luck next week. So thank you very much for your time today, Matt. Matt. It's been a pleasure. Thanks. Thank you. Uh, thanks again for listening. Uh, we will. We will. Uh, when we have the story drafted up, we will also publish it on the page of of this podcast. Uh, but please continue to listen to the podcast. Uh, we have some amazing stories, just like Max's. Well, not just like Max's. That's unique. Uh, and um, and we'll be back soon. Thank you very much for listening. Take care. Goodbye.